Hello, so this is uh, Dr. Isabel Amig. I'm your host of the Unabridged MD podcast. And uh, today we have a wonderful episode about integrative um, palliative care. We're going to learn about this. Um, I wanted to bring uh, Dr. Chiara uh, Monti on this podcast because she's offering something quite wonderful to the world. Um, she, I'm going to have her introduce herself so she'll tell you more about her um, uh, but I do want to say, uh, in the most and vast majority of the pati patients who have rheumatologic disorder, I want you to know that it's not palliative, it's curative slash we are treating, we are getting you to, um, you know, the, the best life, really. Um, but as I have recently had to uh, take care of a really loved one that had a, a disease that uh, we, we knew it was going to go and end, um, we have to have tools uh, to help us with this. And so that is why I really wanted uh, Dr. Caramonte to come on the podcast. So I really hope you're going to learn as much as I'm about to learn um, and enjoy. And Dr. Caramonte, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about you and then we'll uh, dive, dive deep in right away? Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Okay, so the first thing I wanted to say is that uh, palliative care itself is really more than what many people think it is. <clears throat> so it's not just end of life, it's really for people with serious illness and it's the focus on relieving their symptoms. So let me tell you a little bit about me and how I got to this, this type of medicine. So I was a family doctor first and I used to practice regular family medicine and then I found that in medicine, I was having a lot of patients who had symptoms that were there, even though I couldn't find anything necessarily wrong with them. And so they were really suffering. And from that, I saw how much people suffer from symptoms, even if there isn't a serious disease. So pain, fatigue, nausea, stress and anxiety, depression sometimes, and how much this impacts people's lives. So through that, I got to this integrative approach, which is really the whole person approach using all the tools that work. So medicines, but also things like massage or guided imagery or acupuncture, all focused on making people feel better. And then the Go no, no, go ahead. I was just thinking of the of the the massage, the guided meditation. I offer this to my patients as well, and that's that's really why I wanted to do, come on the podcast. Do you want to tell us? And you were about to tell us uh, more about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's wonderful. I think that's fantastic that you do that because this combination of conventional medical tools like medications, biologics, etc., but also things focused on supporting people's well-being, like massage and guided imagery, acupuncture, et cetera, are so important for the whole person because people don't think of themselves as diseases or not diseases. They think about, I'm so fatigued or I have pain and I want it to go away or I want to be able to go back to playing tennis with my friends or walking my dog. They, people want to live their lives and we should use all the tools that we have conventional, regular medical tools and these complementary tools to help people feel better. That's the idea. Yeah, I really love this. So it's it's really this vision of the of getting back into the whole 
vision of the whole person, right? Like having someone. I am sorry, like uh, uh, like you know the the way I also think of palliative care, and you know when when I used to uh, call for palliative care when I was in the hospital was usually when the physician felt that there was the physician, sorry, the the usual the non palliative care physician felt that there was nothing else they could offer, and so it sounds to me that what you're saying is hold on, palliative is just complementary. Am I am I understanding this right. I'm so glad you brought this up. This is such an important issue. So palliative care is appropriate for anyone with a serious illness, even at diagnosis. So there's a complete misunderstanding, even among many, many, many physicians who think that palliative care means end of life care. It does not. It doesn't. It is the care of families, patients and families with serious illness, focused on symptom management, and that's physical symptoms and psychological symptoms. So for example, somebody with a stage three cancer, for example, who is trying to get cured, but is having symptoms either from the cancer or from the chemotherapy, for example, maybe they're, they have nausea or fatigue or pain. All of those things are appropriate for a palliative care consult, because it's not about end of life, it's about focusing on the symptoms. So the oncologist is working to try to either cure the cancer or prolong the person's life by a long time. That's not the palliative care doctor's job. The palliative care doctor's job is what is stopping this patient today from living the life in the way they want to. You know, they're tired, they're nauseous, so they won't go play with their grandkids. That's where palliative care would focus. And so integrative palliative care is bringing those two ideas together. So for patients with serious illness or complex or significant illness that's impacting their life in some way using all the tools, the conventional tools and the complementary tools. I really love this approach. And I am, you know, with unabridged MD, that's really what I wanted to offer to my patient when I'm offering to my patient. So when we open our brick and mortar, like where, it's, you know, it's not just sublease, uh, we're going to have an acupuncturist. And so I'm really excited about, you know, I, even like energy healing, I think to me, it's been, I mean, you know, you know my story, I had breast cancer. I think most of the auditors at this point know that, but I used all of this and I felt that it really gave me some power over and like a sense of control over my own uh, condition. But um, I'd like to ask you uh, some, some questions that are almost like personal, but not really, but so right like so you have a patient, like I, I want to ask you how to help our patients, like how, we like every one of us, uh, unless you're a kid. I mean, unfortunately, even maybe some kids that we're gonna have to deal with people who have who are at the end of their life. Maybe they are 95 years old, maybe they are you know younger. Um, and maybe they 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 want they don't want to hold on onto life. How do you bring your like what are some advice that you would give us as caregiver or friends or family members that you think we should all know or that could help us support uh, those loved ones? I love that question. Um, <clears throat> I would say the number one thing is to allow the range of feelings and conversations. So this is what sometimes happens. Someone who has a, a very serious illness who is near the end of their life might say, well, 
you know, this might be my last Thanksgiving. And everybody in the family will jump in and say, no, 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 don't say that. You have to be strong. You're a positive thinker. You're tough. And they think they're helping. You know, this comes from love, why they would say that. But also it comes from fear. But what really the message they've communicated to the person if they do that is we don't talk about that here. Right. That idea that you just had that maybe this is your last Thanksgiving, because maybe it is. We don't we don't talk about that here. And so that makes the person go underground and they're now alone with that very scary. And no one, if you think of it that way and you love this person, of course, you don't want them to be alone with that thought. The loved ones want to make it go away, but it it's not going to go away. It's either shared and then it's easier to cope with shared or it's alone. And so a better thing to say, if, if you're able, is something like, wow, tell me more about what you're thinking. And um, give the space to share. And it, they may not want to have a whole deep conversation. They may just want to say, I don't know, you know, I don't know that I have another year and and keep asking them, well, what are you thinking about that? Like, how does that, how are you doing with that? Tell me more. Basically, you're just saying, tell me more to allow the person to share. And then when they're done sharing, you can move on and, you know, go for a walk. Mm -hmm. That's really powerful. Um, very. Yeah. So to allow them to share and not re like realizing that we don't have to fix everything. Right. We can't. If you could, if you could magically make your loved one who has an end of life situation, a very severe illness better, you would make them better. But you can't, none of us have that power. If, if, if it could be done, the doctors would already have done it. And so we don't have the power to take it away. But what we do have the power to do is walk beside somebody on their journey, as opposed to asking them to walk it alone. And so that's the image that I think is helpful for people to think about if they have somebody, even with a non-fatal, but just very severe and difficult illness, is that you're walking beside them. Mm -hmm. so, so imagine you're, you're hiking and they're hiking up a very steep hill. Either they're hiking alone or they're hiking with you at their side, which is nicer. You can't make the hill be smaller, but you can make them not have to do it alone. Yeah. That's really, that's a, that's a beautiful way of seeing it. Um, and, and I think that it takes, it takes a lot for the, it takes a lot to basically accept, right? So there is this, uh, the patient has to accept and then the caregiver has to accept as well <laughs> and sort of walk the path at the same, you know, along uh, that patient um do you so this this podcast is really about hope uh it's the it's how we bring hope and and the motto is hope driven by science in fact um do you have a history of hope to tell us yes so my one of my daughters <clears throat> when she was 12 uh fell off a horse and hit her head and had a very prolonged and difficult recovery over about three years. So she she had excruciating pain that no one could figure out. She couldn't read anymore. Her hearing was off. She couldn't go to school anymore. She had 12. She lost all her friends. She lost all her ability to function. She was in a hole, a terrible, terrible, dark hole. 
and it wasn't clear if she even was ever going to come back out mm -hmm. of this. We didn't, nobody knew because you didn't know the end of the story, right? And so one of what turned out to be the most powerful things that we did was as she was struggling and, and before we had any sense that it was going to be okay, it is okay now, she's in college now, it's fine. <laughs> but we didn't know that then, is we just posed this question to her, this, this idea, and asked her, don't answer this yet, but the question was, I wonder what this experience will mean for you. And don't answer it. Just make space for this question. I wonder what this experience will mean for you, because it's going to mean something, right? Some people have really hard experiences and they become bitter and shut down and depressed and, you know, never find a meaning out of it. But there's other options that could happen. I wonder what this experience will mean for you. And it took her about two years. And then out of the blue, so I used to say this in the beginning all the time. And then out of the blue, one day she came to me and she said, I know the answer. And I didn't even know what she was talking about. I said, the answer to what? She said, the question, the question. I wonder what this experience will mean for you. I know the answer. And I almost started crying, but I didn't want to shut her down. So I was just like stuck. Ugh, what is she going to say? And she said, I would never have become the person that I am if that hadn't happened. So she had been this very quiet, shy, like kitty cat t-shirt wearing kind of person. And as part of digging herself out of this really terrible chronic pain hole, she shaved her head into a mohawk. She learned, <laughs> she developed, she became a photographer. She took up archery. She learned to shoot a gun. She was finding her power in all these ways. And she became this kind of tough, creative, amazing, completely different person. Wow. And, and so when she said, I know the answer, I never would have become this person if that hadn't happened. And I like this person that I am now. This is beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. That's so powerful. And thanks for the cry right now. Yeah, I know you bet, you bet. And, uh, I, it's it's really it it touches my heart because it's exactly what I told myself when I had this breast cancer, right? Like, and you're like, well, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I, I don't know what the end of the story is, right? The same way, and I was just like, what can I learn from this? What does this mean to me? So thank you so much for sharing, Delia. You're offering a course uh, for physician who want to learn more about this. Do you want to tell us a bit more about it so that we all know where to find you? Sure. So I started the Integrative Palliative Institute because when I, I ran a program of integrative palliative medicine and saw the power of helping people manage their symptoms so that they can have life. It's all about life. It's not about death. It's about feeling well so you can go play with your grandkids. How important it was to put these two fields together, integrative medicine and palliative medicine. And I didn't really see it being done much. So um, I started this institute and the institute will serve physicians to teach them this style of, of symptom management. So it's appropriate, not just for palliative medicine doctors, although it is appropriate for them, but also rheumatologists have taken it, primary care doctors, surgeons, um, anybody who deals with patients who have difficult things, chronic mm -hmm. things, potentially life-limiting things, you know, tough things. And so it is, um, evidence supported because doctors care about science and so it has a, a large recorded component of the science that people can watch over about six months and then 
you can buy just that if you want that. But then what I think is the ideal is then a mentoring program with me where we meet once a week for a year. And so we talk about cases, we talk about science, we practice actual tools. And one of the greatest things about this integrative approach is that the same things we're going to talk to our patients about to manage their anxiety, their stress, we're also learning for ourselves. And the one of the philosophies of integrative palliative care is that you can't generate all that empathy for people unless you've filled up your own cup first. And so you end up a happier doctor with a happier life even for you and then more available for your patients to share this journey with them. And then lots of practical tools like how do you talk about tough stuff? How do you manage people who have pain from chemo and neuropathy? So it's a lot of heart and then also science together. So that's the physician part. There is also a, another arm for family members of people with serious or chronic conditions. <clears throat> that is a recorded information, the kind of stuff that I've always taught my patients that's also available on the website. And what is the website? It is integrativepalliative.com. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah. Delia, this has been, Dr. Caramonte, it's been so incredibly empowering and powerful uh, to have you on the podcast. So thank you so, so much. I hope we can have you again, maybe for an even longer conversation. Uh, we had some technical issues this morning. <laughs> um, and uh, so, and then everyone, I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Um, and then remember, if you're looking for rheumatologists that truly cares, that uh, can get uh, directly contracted uh, by you, so we don't have to have the insurance in between. Uh, we have opened our doors at onabridgedmd.com. You can ask for an appointment. And we are currently accepting new patients. Uh, and it will be a pleasure to see you. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you so much.